This podcast was produced by My Podcast Pal. For help with your podcast, check out mypodcastpal.com. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Function Supply Co., your one-stop shop for functional glass art and premium cannabis accessories. Check out Function Supply Co. on Instagram. That's Function with a K. Hey guys, the Canacast Canada boys are back. This time with an interview with Cody and Pam. They're the owners of Fitzsimmons Brewery in Alberta. These guys make great beer, but let's face it, we weren't there to talk about the beer. We wanted to talk about cannabis and beer. It's a lot of fun, and if you're interested in cannabis-infused beverages, this podcast is for you. Enjoy. Okay, jumping into Canacast Canada. This is episode, what guys? Nine? Nine. Nine. Is it, is is it nine? nine? It is nine today. We have uh, a very special episode. We're here at Fitzsimmons Brewery in Airdrie, Alberta. And uh, we're with two special guests, Cody Fitzsimmons himself and Pamela Jaros, who uh, operate Fitzsimmons Brewery. Is that correct? That is correct. That yes. is correct, yeah. Very cool place. Yeah, Thank it's awesome. You. We're, we're sitting outside right now. It's pretty cool. Well, we're well, kind of I mean, sitting we're, inside, we're inside and outside. A garage, inside but I mean, outside. It's, it feels know. like I'm sitting in like my uncle's garage, but like a really cool uncle's garage. Yeah, really cool uncle's garage. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, On location for fun. So this is the space uh, that's attached to the brewery where you can come and have a beer and hang out and socialize. It's perfect. You might hear yeah. the occasional vehicle driving by because the um, I guess these would be overhead doors are open. Yeah, it's a nice night. But it's a yeah. pleasant night for sure with the, mm-hmm. with the weather. All kinds of games. We got foosball. That's awesome. I can see Christmas Nintendo. parties here. Christmas sure. parties and we actually, company get-togethers. Team you had con- a concert here too, I think, eh? We had concert here. Concert. We actually have an improv show coming up. Oh, nice. So. When's that? Oh, the uh, improv. At the end of cool. August. Beautiful. Well, let's jump into it then. Um, let's start off by asking, who are you guys? How about you, Cody? You want to start? Who are you? Well, is, it, is this a grand question like what's our background where did we get into this that oh, kind of thing yeah. however you want to answer it well Pam and I met what was this Sate over 10 years ago now 11 years ago and we became a couple and <laughs> no 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 so like no 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 we're, we're talking like so your 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 mother and father met like back no, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing so my grandparents know. yeah I yeah, know but um, we moved to Vancouver a bit. I went to culinary school. Pamela came with me because she is delightful and I couldn't imagine not being with her. And uh, when we were out there, I mean, this was something that is commonplace out in, out in BC to have a brewery, have a microbrewery, make small batch beer. And it didn't exist in Alberta. And so when we came back here, uh, it was something that we were planning on doing, but for the longest time we couldn't do. Uh, it was actually I don't know, for lack of a better term, illegal to brew this small amount of beer. So we started working on this as kind of a project with no way to execute, and they changed the laws and allowed small batch breweries to open, and so we did. The thing that changed is uh, prior to, I believe it was 2013, there was a minimum requirement that breweries had to produce. Okay. So that's why only places like Big Rock or Wild Rose were allowed to exist because 
they were producing enormous amounts of beer. So that's why essentially the microbrewery industry wasn't allowed to exist. So they removed that minimum volume that you need to produce on a yearly basis, which allows for small micro, even now breweries to now exist. Very cool. When did you guys launch? So we've been in our space for just over a year now. We moved in here about June of last year, but we only opened our doors in November, 2017. So we've only been around for nine months, is it? Eight, nine months? Ma- making us Airdrie's oldest brewery. Yep. Right cool. Yes. Right Tell us about the brewery. Give us the specifications. <laughs> How large is it? What do you guys produce? Yeah, so relative to other breweries, especially in Alberta, we're very small. So we'll do one batch is about 1,000 liters, which is about 20, 50 liter kegs or I can't do math off the top of my head how many cans that is, but uh, it seems like a lot of beer. And of course, if you're just sitting down and drinking a thousand liters, that is a ton of beer. A lot of beer. Yeah, but it's it's very small relatively. In the scale and, of things, yeah. Yeah, which gives us the ability to well, goof around and make some pretty cool and unique stuff. Yeah. Same as it's a, awesome. a craft cannabis, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's kind of, that's what I, I'm going to, I'll keep taking it back to cannabis because that's their yep. That's your podcast. That's, that's what it, we're all about. But I mean, that's exactly what I believe the change in with, with legalization, with, with, with what we have now. We have the LPs, which are, we've, I've said it a million times, the Molson Canadian, the Budweiser's of the world that produce an okay product in large scale for a decent price. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, people know what they're getting every time they go and get it. <clears throat> but but now there's people also know better. This, well, this is it. There's also people that want better, that yeah. want that craft, that small batch, couple well, thousand liters exactly. where people can mm-hmm. own their... I've <laughs> said this before that I don't drink Coors Light anymore because I've tasted better shit. beer. Right? Mm-hmm. You go back and you have a Coors Light after you have a good craft beer and you're like, what the hell am I drinking? This is swell, right? It's going to be the same for cannabis. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is the same right? for cannabis. It is right now. Yeah. How, how many people, I don't like LP weed. Right. I just don't like it. Only because things get missed in mass scale, right? Like the quality control can be there, but things still get missed. Yep. But in craft and small craft, you got guys that take the time, that are touching each plant, that are making sure each plant is properly flushed, that it's not overfed. Each strain has a different personality, yada, yada. It goes on and on and on. But it's funny how that can relate to craft beer. I always compare the two to... Um like anything as a commodity versus anything to be enjoyed. So for instance, if you want to get coffee, you can go and get the cheapest coffee for, you know, a couple dollars a pound, and then you have coffee, and that's fine. But when I have coffee, I like something a little bit more special, so I'll pay the extra dollar or two to get something good. I got nothing against, you know, big beer companies that make, you know, beer as a commodity, and I'll, I'll never poo-poo anyone for drinking it. Um, but it's one of those things where when I drink a beer, because, you know, like today I've been here since 8 this morning and it's coming up to 11. I've been working all day. So at the end of the day, I'm going to choose to drink a beer. And it's not going to be something like cheap or, you know, just beer as a commodity or consumable. It's going to be something that I enjoy. And the nice thing about craft beer, and I, it's interesting what you guys are saying about marijuana, because it's kind of the same thing where you can just get it. You know, you can get Absolutely. the cheap stuff. But you want to keep exploring and finding something newer and bigger and and cooler. Bang on, exactly the same. We choose our mainstay beers as things that we enjoy and uh, have a good appeal. And then 
we choose what we do as a seasonal as something that you know we're throwing it out there as something that we find interesting and we hope someone else finds it interesting too like uh, last April we did a roasted pineapple sour and it was supposed to be a one and done and the response on it's been so great that we're actually there it's in the fermenter right now we're doing it again um, so you know definitely I, I agree with the people too it was actually a good beer but we've done some seasonals that are you know spectacular and some that are less than spectacular but we always pick them based on what interests us and that's first and foremost because if we brew that beer like I said we're doing a small amount so if we connect with a certain amount of people that enjoy it too then you know we'll sell it we'll all enjoy it you know cheers our glasses and then we're done yeah I know our guy Mike who works up at the front Michael Radisson he's just like the most spectacular dude uh, he even sent me just this uh, idea for a style that we might do next summer and it's this Russian style beer that actually has like rye bread and birch sap and berries and fruits in it that sounds absolutely ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and so when he sent it to me my first response is that sounds weird let's look into it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so exactly with what you're saying like whether it be THC infused, whether it not be THC infused, we're talking about different flavors and different concepts and different styles of beer that all of a sudden, you know, that's new and different. It hasn't been done before because legally, I'm sure you couldn't get those kind of things. So it might make this fantastic new beer or, you know, it might be not so good to put it lightly. So, but, but, uh, but that's, that's something worth pursuing. Yeah. Are you able to, um, are you able to make, I guess, a non-alcoholic beer that would potentially be infused with THC? So you'd have the flavor of the beer, but maybe not the intoxication of the alcohol? Because I think I that... I mean, we could, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the, the, the fear... What's the point? The fear, though, with the legal yeah. framework is the combination of alcohol and 100%. cannabis together, right? I, I um, think what you're starting to get into is what we're allowed to do as a brewery. Well, so, that and, and what you might want to do, what you think might sell to people. Yeah. Like, I, I know right now under our license, we can start uh, uh, stilling liquors or making like mixed drinks and canning it or doing any sorts of wine, which sounds kind of weird, but it's true. Those are all different licenses. So where the EGLC will let us play with all these different things, they, they might just say, no, you're a brewery. You're not allowed to, you know, touch this over here. Or they might say, you know what? Sure. You know, go nuts. We don't know. That that might be a separate license we have to apply for. That's okay. They might just say no. Right. But if I had to guess, it's, it's a lot of red tape or a long time away. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. But when you talk about edibles, here's, here's my theory. Um, there's a lot of gray and black market edibles available already, and they're very professionally produced mm -hmm. packaging and everything. Um, so for that reason, there's a lot of speculation that they may move quickly to allow edibles into the legal marketplace because they want to squash out the black market as fast as they can. However, I don't see a lot of THC infused alcohol products that are black market made yet. So they may be a little slower on that. But when it comes to um, oil-based edible products, I think that you're going to see them within a year of legalization. And I think they want to do it quickly so they can squash that gray market, the gray market products that are already in the marketplace. From what we've seen in the past, like, don't get me I'm going to pretense this. Right. I absolutely love the AGLC. They've actually worked with our industry to say, like, you know, what benefits you, what works for you, how can we make this better? But I don't see them, I'm choosing my words wisely here, 
I see them pursuing this, but it's not going to be like a an immediate reaction, like we got to do this right away, because they're going to make sure they do it right, and in no point are they going to be, you know, willing to open the floodgates. Yeah, they're going to take their time and make sure that it's done right, and that might take years. I understand what you're saying with the black market, mm-hmm. and you know, basically, like weed right now, I'm sure doesn't matter if it's illegal or not. You can get it. Edibles doesn't matter. You can get it. So, but you know, THC infused alcohol right now, you can't just get it. Can you make beer without barley, hops, or wheat? Like, what's the definition of beer? So, Bavarian beer law states that uh, beer is always made with water, yeast, malted barley, and hops. Those are the four ingredients. So, anything else that you put into it, it's no longer beer. So, you're having our. Um, burnt wheat right now and there's actually a little bit of orange and coriander in it so it's not beer quite delightful (laughs) it's not beer by definition no but um i mean if you just follow the rules you you would just have the same beer okay and that that's not exciting but what would that beer taste like if we were to have a beer that was based or made exactly how you described there um quite plain or would it be no no like uh this blonde right here this is considered beer like by the Bavarian beer law so it's you know or even like an IPA or we're doing an IPL which is an Indian pale lager so that's those four ingredients and there's a lot you can do with those four ingredients like if you look which no one listening to the podcast can do if you look in the back corner we have all sorts of different types of grains some of them are toasted right um they're they add different flavors and complexities to the beer. So depending on what you do there, as well as the hops, we have probably about 12 different hops in the cooler right now. Some of them are more citrusy, some of them are more earthy, and they just all give different flavors and textures and complexity to the beer. Hypothetically, Mm -hmm. hypothetically, would it make a difference to you if you were to have a beer with alcohol or with THC in it? Do they both qualify as beer? Especially, and I'm going back to this, I know I'm pushing the subject. Mm -hmm. Can you have a beer that's, say, alcohol-free that's infused with THC? Um, No, absolutely could. Like I said, by, you know, old-fashioned Bavarian definition, no. But we, I mean, the fun thing about beers is always pushing the boundaries of what you can do. Right. Like souring beer, adding different flavors, adding different, I mentioned earlier about putting, like, birch sap into beer. Wow. Um, it's it's just interesting. So yeah, could we make it non-alcoholic? Sure, we can make any beer non-alcoholic if you do it right. Could we add THC to it? I don't know the proper techniques to extract it, but I'm sure you could. Well, I, I, I know breweries THC, have. CBD, anything, right? I mean, well, yeah. you could, but then it goes back to the whole bioavailability to your body, being yeah. water-soluble, what in that beer is your body going to digest so a couple points like and and how with you know like you need a fat thc needs a fat to stick to to be able to Mm -hmm. digest it properly Uh, an article i read today about province brands they're a beer maker out east and they're attempting to make thc and cbd infuse beers Uh, one of the problems they said that they had is that um, if they don't do it right uh, when it's thc or cannabis infused it tastes like rotten broccoli have you heard (laughs) of this what would chlorophyll do to beer? Um, rotten broccoli. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I've, I've never added chloroform to it's beer, like but green, right? Yeah, like not chloroform. Like <laughs> that, that's what I thought. Chlor- I heard chlorophyll, right? chlorophyll, chlorophyll like, the green goo from the plant. Yeah, I don't know. I remember that from biology. 
So then the question is, do you actually enjoy that flavor? Can you complement that flavor or are you trying to mask the flavor? Mm -hmm. So if, if it's a good flavor or if it could be made with the right combination of, you know, wheat or barley or anything else to actually bring out and complement the flavor, then sure, go for it. If it is a, if it tastes terrible, then throw a bunch of hops behind it and try and hide it. But, you know, any beer I like to make, I like to make complimentary to the flavors that we're putting into it. You're not trying to hide anything. So, yeah, it'd be finding the right combination to complement the chlorophyll. Yeah, yeah. See, Chloroform. I was like, what are you trying to kill someone or rape them or something? The Bill Cosby. Call it the Bill Cosby. Yeah, oh, jeez. So, but anyways, it sounds to me like they're juicing. What I, well, when I envision a cannabis-infused beer, I envision terpenes being extracted by, from the cannabis yeah. plant. I'm thinking you extract that and then add that lemonine flavor with that. Sorry, what, so what, those, what, what do those taste like? They taste like uh, lemonine tastes like lemons, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. so... So the CBC article said that they were using 100% of the plant right down See, to so the, the stems and everything, yeah. the leaves. So they're juicing it. And yeah, then that and would be basically gross juicing it, right? That, yeah. That's gross but and maybe that's where they get the rotten broccoli yeah. analogy using, from. Using it into a sugar, combining Sounds it into disgusting. a sugar. I mean, Sounds you take weeds, put them in a blender, and, uh, two, and two that. different types of sugar that they were in. Yeah, so on. See, just listening, lemonine, you say tastes like lemon. So if you were to make like a light beer, like a you know, like this blonde yeah. style or anything else, and maybe complement it, or actually a wheat beer, and then dry hop it with something like citra, which is a type of hop that tastes like you know citrus and lemon. And then lemonine, It'd be awesome. I, I'm sure it would be, be complementary to those flavors. And your terpenes don't have a THC content, so that's where the alcohol, you could keep the alcohol content in, in the beer. Like for me, I would... And then you get the medicinal so, value of the So what has too. the THC component in it? So a, a bud of marijuana has 200 different elements to it, right? Mm -hmm. Terpenes, THCA, CBD, CBDA, CBDN, blah, 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 this goes on. So... What I'm saying is taking it and just extracting all of those 200 different elements and then putting together what works into mm -hmm. a beer. You know what I'm saying? Guys in BC, I know, um, Le Quatre Vins is what they're called. They, they're doing a kava, like an, a cannabis-infused kava. And what they're doing is they're taking like a, a like a red Congo, which every, every bud has a terpene profile that's distinct to that bud. So every strain has a terpene profile that's its own. Yeah. So if you take that bud and you extract it, pro if you extract all the terpenes properly and then reintroduce them, just the terpenes, you're gonna have a beer that you could call a Jack Herrera beer. If Fitzsimmons was thinking of doing it, they would have to talk to somebody like an LP, like an Aurora, an Afria, blah, blah, sure. blah, and yeah. say, hey, guys, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Could you supply us terpenes, and how do we get past I think you probably still have to go through the AJLC, too. Well, that's what, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. what we, we said earlier. Red tape or years away. Ask, that's how you would do it. Can I ask you a question about business now? Yep. Making beer aside, has there been a lot of talk uh, about the potential effects that legalized recreational cannabis could have on your industry? Are you concerned about it? Well, I've heard a lot of talk about it, but I think, I mean, we've already seen what's happened in the United States, places like Colorado, mm -hmm. where people were apprehensive at first. They were like, you know, you know oh, we're going to lose sales over this thing. But in the case of Colorado, they've actually increased sales in both industries. Mm -hmm. Because as far as I'm concerned, anyone I know who smokes, like, they have access to it right now. Just where the money's going, I don't know. So it's not exactly going to 
change things as much as this is what I believe. It's not going to change things, you know, drastically overnight. Right. The people who already smoke, they're going to buy it legally. That's going to be the biggest change as far as tourism is concerned. Like, it's going to bring people into Canada and people are going to come here. They're going to come here to smoke and they might come here and try our beer at our brewery. I think it's going to be booming for both industries. Mm. I agree. But, you know, in a, in a very touristy place like Aspen, Colorado, in the second quarter, they had a tax revenue report that indicated that cannabis tax revenues are actually higher than alcohol in 2018. Good. How do you feel about that? I feel good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you went down to Colorado beforehand, you're still going to smoke weed. Right. You're going snowboarding, you're going to pick up some joints, you're going to smoke weed, whatever. So where's that money going? Yet again, don't know, but now it's going into the school system, it's going into... into the economy. Yeah, m- making the roads and everything else, so that's fantastic. And maybe a place like Aspen is a special case, right? Because it's kind of a tourist trap where you get, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like uh, Denver. Per se, yeah. you know, it didn't happen in Denver in a large uh, metropolis. It happened in a tourist trap where people are going skiing, and, and maybe it's a special case. I'm not sure. What's that? Tax revenues from cannabis <laughs> were higher in the second quarter in 2018 <laughs> than Denver? alcohol. No, in Aspen. What about Denver? But no. It, well, Denver is the state. Yeah, I get that. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but before it was legalized. Denver's the city. Denver. Oh, Colorado is a Denver's state. Listen to bro. me, eh? Jesus, Jesus Christ. And I didn't smoke anything. Exactly. Should we hit a restart sure. on this? Or no, what? keep this in. <laughs> no, no. This is a joys of editing. I'm like, wait a minute. Are they fucking right now? I know. I was like, what are you guys are <laughs> saying? That somebody said Denver's the Denver's state. Denver's the I'm state. Like, no. Well, I'm Canadian. I don't care. <laughs> okay, Denver, Colorado. I guarantee you. Yeah. I had to say it in my yeah. head a few times. Denver, Colorado, right? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, okay. You're right. I guarantee you Denver had massive, massive tax revenues. From from cannabis sales. The question is: Before it's legalized, what was the revenue? There's right. zero. There's no way. Of, zero. There, well, no, 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 well, not not, not towards zero. the government in general. What's the revenue? There's no way of tracking oh. it before. They could have been down that quarter. Yeah. Maybe well, that quarter the year before was you know 50 percent higher. There's no yeah. way of telling. Yeah. We can only yeah. speak to Canadian statistics because that's where we live, and yeah. uh, it's estimated that the cannabis revenue uh, upon legalization in the first year will be up to 6.8 billion dollars. Now I know that's kind of fluffy to have a number like that. Yeah. Why so low? I don't know. 6.8 <laughs> bill seems pretty high, doesn't it? In Canada? Yeah. It's it's almost revenue? equivalent to the tax revenue uh, that's generated from the wine industry in Canada. I can absolutely see that happening. No problem. I'm going to speak completely out of my ass, but I thought liquor revenue, or not, it was liquor or beer revenue in Alberta alone was like 1.38 billion. Yeah, it's higher for liquor in general. Yeah. Yeah. But not wine specifically. They're thinking that it'll be about the same. (laughs) Hypothetically. Tax revenue is different from the actual tax rate. So... In Canada, the rate that cannabis is going to be taxed at is actually at a much higher rate than it is for beer. So yes, they'll be making more of a profit, but it's not necessarily based on the volume of what's being sold. So I think the tax rate, since it's it's starting off at such a high rate, I think it's actually going to really impact um, small manufacturers. Right because they are not making the profit that they once were when they were just solely doing it um, 
previously, yeah, really, just when it was just medically. And, and they're pushing for medical patients to pay mm-hmm. that tax that tax amount as well. Can that, you walk us through how uh, beer is taxed? Kind of give <laughs> us no, but give us an idea okay. of when it leaves uh, your facility nope. and then it gets into someone's hand at their house uh, on a Friday night. No, how no, much tax do they pay? So, it's taxed before that. So before that, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you're uh, as soon as you're creating a um, controlled substance, there's a lot of loopholes that you need to jump through, and how it's structured for beer specifically, when it's produced and it's packaged, you need to pay the federal government. When it leaves the building and goes to the retailer, you need to pay the provincial government. When it goes to the retailer and the retailer wants to pay for the product they're receiving, they're not paying us, they're paying the province. And it's sometime after that that the province actually gives us our money. So oh, there's, there's actually this time frame where we have produced the product, we've paid for all the ingredients, we've shipped it out, we've put all the labor in, and we don't receive any of the revenue until much later. How many days? 30, 90 days? Um, we have it down to the point where we get it within uh, like five business days, but there was a time where it was up to about three weeks. Wow. That's crazy. No. So, uh, yeah, small small, small size manufacturers for um, uh, cannabis, I think, are really going to struggle in the early days because they yeah. don't... This is completely new for the AGLC here in Alberta. Right. Um, and I... I I really think that they're actually going to struggle and they're not going to realize how much money is going to have to go out the door first before right. they make very, any of that profit. Yeah. I think so the micro micro grows, right? Well, I think talking these micro generally grows. agreed though that the mom and pop dispensary license uh, recipients are going to have a real struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there may be a shortage of supply that everybody says, but also I'm wondering, and, and part of the reason why I asked the question about how much tax goes on it is, is how much you can make in a transaction and to pay your own bills and to pay, you know, pay your rent. Um, if, if you're simply a dispenser and you're buying your product at the AGLC for say, hypothetically five or $6 per gram, and you're only allowed to sell it for say $10 per gram, there's not a lot of overhead there. You're not making a lot of money per transaction. Government, governments, governments going to regulate how much you're, you're able to sell the, your product for? Yes. Dispensaries? Yes. Yeah. So really? they're gonna, That's the same for alcohol. So, so they're... Really? So no, they, no, no. They determine your cost and your, and your... Well, we have a minimum that we have to charge. Okay. A minimum. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, the, right. so, the, so at a dispensary, and I'm talking more... You're talking dispensary storefront. I don't see a retail dispensary losing out here. They're gonna they're gonna make their money whatever. Whatever they pay for wholesale, they're gonna mark fifty percent. Well I've always wondered that because the marketplace will dictate the price though too, right? You can't just say, Well, I'm gonna charge fifty dollars for a gram because I wanna buy a Porsche. It doesn't work that way. No, I get that. But but what I'm talking about is the micro growers, the guys that are looking to go into the micro like what Fitzsimmons is in the cannabis world would be a micro grow. We're talking about two different things though. You're talking about about but, the but that's what producers of product, and I'm talking about dispensaries, like the stores fronts. That's, <laughs> well, that's why. I, that's what yes. we were that's talking about, and then you brought it. To the well, that's why I wanted to walk through the value of. That's why I wanted to walk through the value of product and and uh, how much tax is applied to it. Because um, you were talking about how taxes will be applied to production and, and comparing the two. Mm-hmm. And right now, the general consensus, and I know it's not. Um, totally black and white yet but the general consensus is that for every ten dollar product you purchase they'd be about a ten percent tax paid on that so one dollar 
right now. And a lot of heavy-duty cannabis consumers are laughing, saying, I would never pay that for a gram. I can get it for $5 street price, mm -hmm. right? So my question was more, how does that compare to alcohol? Like in, in, your, in your world, in your system uh, and taxation, uh, is there a lot of tax applied to beer? Sorry, they're paying $1 for every 10 in tax? And that's a, that's a hypothetical right okay. now, but it's generally the implied that that's what they think will happen. For every $10 gram on the market, there'll be a $1 tax applied to it. Because we're paying about a dollar tax for every $4. Right. So about 25%. And it's interesting because mm -hmm. in a previous podcast, we talked about how uh, alcohol industry major players are stepping up and saying, you got to put more tax on cannabis. And a lot of cannabis proponents are saying, that's bullshit. Alcohol just wants to keep you know the market cornered. But I'm trying to compare here, like the, the, mm -hmm. what's the reality of the situation? Is it actually balanced right now? And, and alcohol is just trying to keep cannabis down? Or is it that it's not fair? Any taxation to move the market is... Can I make a bold statement right now? Damn straight. <laughs> I think like if if you're charging taxation on anything more for a different product, I mean that's the same as tariff or anything else, it actually hurts the economy. I mean, you guys said it yourself, market dictates. So it should be fair across the board for what everyone pays in taxes. And if people prefer drinking beer, then they'll drink beer. If people prefer smoking, they'll smoke. Like you don't need to charge more tax to deter one thing over the other. I think that's wrong. What one needs but, one needs water and sun, and it's a plant. The other one needs manufacturing, processing. You, uh, there's uh, a lot I of manufacturing and processing in cannabis, though. Too. How you hang it? If you're talking about licensed producers, well, a large depending scale, on what you get a lot into, of processing. and eventually you get edibles and all that stuff. It's a lot of processing, of course. Right. But yeah, initially, we, no, not a lot. We we just heat water and grain. Right. You, you could argue. <laughs> no, that's. You could argue that with with beer, all you need is like barley and sugar and mm -hmm. yeast. Isn't that sort Ooh. of the basic components of mm -hmm. alcohol? No, the sugar comes from the barley. Oh, there you go. There you go. So I mean, it, it's similar in that respect. There's not more production going into alcohol and beer on a sort of basic level. I want to bring up um, large scale alcohol producers getting into the cannabis game. <laughs> As you know, Constellation Brands bought 10% of Canopy Growth. Uh, Canopy Growth was the largest cannabis producer in the world. It's obvious that large-scale alcohol producers are looking at cannabis as a, a revenue model, something that they might be able to get into um, and potentially take over. I think at this stage, the large alcohol producers are, are much larger scale than even the big cannabis producers so they're, they're in a position to acquire i think and there's rumor now that on august 1st afria and molson cores are going to make a third quarter announcement that they're going to be merging or that molson cores will be acquiring afria hmm. really yeah so how do you feel about that as a small scale brewery well does it matter no it kind of makes sense. I mean, they're already equipped to deal with the same kind of legislation processes that it takes to bring alcohol to the market, so why not if marijuana is going to become a thing, why not bring that to the market the exact same time? Like, it's, it seems like two separate industries, but the way it's governed and regulated is very much one. Mm -hmm. And you're saying the one company is just as big as the other. Like, Molson, as far as I know, Molson Coors is a very, very big company, so this other company is very big too just makes sense like it's there's a lot of redundancies between the two mm -hmm. well I think one of the problems with um, how 
these two industries is regulated is it's dependent on the province. So I can't speak too much on the legislation on a federal level. However, I can tell you that in Alberta, it has been identified that if you are a manufacturer of alcohol, you cannot have a manufacturing license for cannabis. Right. So it's already been determined by the AGLC that you can't combine those two activities and you can't own have a you can't have multiple licenses at the same time or any affiliation exactly so i'm I'm not sure on the federal level what that looks like Mm -hmm. to the point where molson can buy uh stocks are part of a cannabis company but money yeah exactly from if you have enough money you can change any legislation you want want. from our our level as a small manufacturer the aglc has told us no we can't have a cannabis license so when i hear molson course buying afria it makes my stomach turn why because it pushes the small guy out it it just it just right there it, it it puts that foot right on whatever thought of a micro but Afria is way, way beyond micro. Afria oh. is the third largest in Canada. Oh, I understand They're that. A but billion dollar company. Them, them teaming up with somebody. I just, I guess, I guess it's. I don't know how how I feel about it. I don't. As a cannabis guy, my whole life, I don't want to see cannabis go big. You know, I do in a way, but I yeah. don't. I think you know it's a I mean? bit naive, though. It's 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 a hundred percent naive. Yeah. I get it. I I get it. 100 yeah. percent but again as somebody who's used it my whole life for since i was 15 16 years old i don't want to see it get in the hands of people that put people like me in jail for years mm. right like cops in 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 toronto da's that put people in in jail for years that tore them away from their families are now going to sell this product that are now buying in and saying hey wait a minute i'm going to be the forefront of of this marijuana revolution yeah. get the yeah. fuck out of here that's with bullshit. that shit right that's <laughs> it a, well seriously it it, it, tell bullshit. me how you really feel that's exactly um, how I feel. yeah and that's how most people feel, I think. Well, that's you another know, issue most people, entirely, most, most, though. Most, 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 most people that believe in the plant, most 100%. people that, you know, that believe in the plant that aren't in it for the money. have been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, they look at people like that. And there's a lot, lot of people like, that are in, in it for the money. There's a lot of people that are GTFO. jumping on this. No, there's a lot of people that are jumping on the ship, right? Like these Molson uh-huh. Canadians, these people, the same Molson Coors that, that were anti, that were all for the reefer madness. Five years ago, yep. we're putting marijuana. Well, it's the truth, man. They they destroyed, tried to destroy marijuana because it was their competition. And now that it looks like, wait, it's legalized, and I want a piece of this pie. All right. of a sudden, it's I'm buying into this evil that I was. Yeah, I, it, I, it, it annoys the shit it, out of me. It's, it's, if he can't beat him, turn him. Well, that's yeah. that's yeah. hey, and and I, I'm not it, being it, naive to think that that's what's going to happen. I'm just pissed that it is. But but at the same time, and I'm allowed to say that. At the same time, if there's money to be had, they're going to find a way to have it's it. It's business. And yeah. but like on the positive side, like we know they have money, and we just said money talks. <laughs> so if if I could play devil's advocate for a second, like I'm not I'm not saying hurrah for them or anything, but if we want to see positive changes in the industry. None of us sitting at the table, none of the small producers, maybe if they all band together, they could push for these things. But if the big guys get involved, then all of a sudden all these changes actually do happen. I'm not no. saying like it's a great thing, yeah. but it's one of those things where now all of a sudden if they buy into it, they're like, oh, we got to make these changes. We got to make it more accessible. We got to make, you know, change the rules so that we can put it everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's 
a possible upside. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Yeah, I think we need to I'm, be not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend like no, no, no. Well, guys, no but, the, the way but, I see it, the way I see it is this, and I said this in other in other uh, podcasts. Um, just had a bus drive by. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, cool. Said, There's a lightning show. Sorry, I've said this in other podcasts. This isn't legalization to me. Right. This mm-hmm. isn't legalization. This is prohibition version two. Is what it is. It legalization would would be making cannabis the same as a tomato plant, guys. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a plant. Again, don't roll your eyes. It's a plant. No. I know, I know. A, but there's still you know, restrictions so if you're on legal, alcohol, and if, there's restrictions on. But it's uh, with alcohol and marijuana are not the same two. Th- are not no, the same thing. Yeah, if keep, you're, if, we keep if, I know putting we keep in the same thing. alcohol. It's not the same. I don't know anybody. I could sit here and well, smoke because a bag it's of marijuana. It's ingrained in everybody's head. That's I, why. I, I, I could sit here and you're born and bred to think that for generations now. I can sit here and smoke a bag of marijuana until I'm green in the face and I will not do something that I will not remember. Yeah, okay? Yeah. It does not change me physically to, to do anything that I'm going to say, fuck, I regret that or I that wasn't me. It's not the same substance, guys. We're not talking about the same thing here yeah. in I any think, way, shape, or form. I think you actually brought up an interesting point. You mentioned uh, the term legalization. And I agree with you. Legalization is not what we should be calling this. Mm-hmm. What this is, is governance. There you this go. This It comes down to what the government is going to make off of these sales. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about being legal. It's they are going to rake in an mm-hmm. obscene amount of money. And they're going to put people in yeah. jail again, again, mm-hmm. for growing a plant, for I mean, guys, we're talking about something like an 18-year-old kid that shares a joint with a 17-year-old kid can go to jail for 14 fucking years and no ifs, ands, or buts here, guys. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. the way it is. We're talking guys like me or Jeff Watley that, that has a disability. I use, I use, or sorry, I'm me just, or I'm just Jeff kidding. I'm just kidding, that have a disability, <laughs> right? Jeff's got a disability. I've got severe nerve yeah. damage that yeah. use cannabis because we don't want to use opioids. Or, or other kind of painkillers mm-hmm. that I've been on, gabapentin, Elevil, cyclobenzaprine, fucking, to keep going on the list. I'm off all that stuff, and I'm on marijuana. I would, I could not smoke for two weeks yeah. and get pulled over by a cop and get tested, and I would be still over. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. could get my license taken away and lose my job. All and kinds all, of shit All of happen, this right? shit. But if I, could, I could eat opioids all day and drive those highways, and I'm fine. Right. Tell me how stupid that is. It's mm-hmm. dumb. But, you know, what's interesting about our, our sort of synergy here is that we do approach this from slightly different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't look at it like it's such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that cannabis is being grassroots, and I don't resent that it's not going to be grassroots anymore. And, you know, you guys have always said you won't go to dispensaries and buy $10, $15 grams. No. But I would, right? Because I don't use that much. And for me to go buy a nice gram for 15 bucks is it's no easy sweat. It's inconvenient right? for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. So I don't look at this like it's all terrible. I look at it like, okay, it's not perfect, but, but whatever. It's oh, I'm someone, not saying, I'm someone not like it's myself or Jason would walk into a, pl- a dispensary like that and feel awkward probably, right? Because, I mean, we would... Why? We would well, because it would just it'd not feel... We would feel, I think, that we would... That the, the experience would be belittling almost. Well, okay. If you made the your way, own beer, way. would you come into here and say this is belittling? I don't know. No, no. Way different. We're talking, guys. We're talking way, 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 way different. You, you, you know the legalization. You know, you yeah. can't even have fucking it white packaging. The person behind the counter is not even allowed to tell you how that weed's gonna, how that product's gonna affect you. Yeah. 
So how? What kind I of think they need to dial it back a bit. It should at least equal alcohol when it comes to packaging and branding and stuff. You know what I mean? But again, equal. Yeah, I agree with that. Is this hypothetical? No, this I've, is 100%. Well, because yeah. I've been to a dispensary in Seattle with that's, my cousin. That's a whole different story. And it was fantastic. It was like Wonka's, Wonka's. Oh, my it, yeah. God. Yeah, like, same. Like, we, we walk in, he's a card carrier, and he's just like, you know, looks through the wall and sees what he wants, and he's like, oh, I'll take a, you know, a pin of that, and like... You got some of the the we, we Mag- went to we went to a pine pl- glasses and and fridges <laughs> behind you. Oh, wow, it was and beautiful. It's, ama- it's amazing. So we can't do that in Canada. No. Canada, no. you're gonna walk in. It's gonna look like a no name, white walls. Give you a basic idea. I think of the old um, like porno video stores. Not that I ever went to one, but they would they would like seal up the windows. So you can't see inside from the out- no no. You won't be able to look in from the outside. You'll have to go through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of the packaging will be in basic mylar packages, and they're only White. allowed to have one style of font, which can be one color, which describes what's in it. And then I think two thirds of the package will be a warning label, like a cigarette package. Beautiful. But and then, what, and what, what have they the argued is the benefit of that? Uh, it won't be um, it won't be attractive like to kids, kids primarily. Yeah. Right. If, but, but if but, only there was a large company, I don't know, like let's say Molson, who had the money to uh, petition the government to change yeah. those rules. I think I think a lot I'm of playing these devil's advocate just because I can. I think yeah. Bill C forty five forty six are going yeah. to be challenged in the courts extensively, and yeah. I think it's going to take five years to hammer some of the stuff out. And and uh, you know what I mean? We we you guys have agreed with me that we believe that they're going a lot harder up front so that they can loosen it up in time uh, yes. when they see it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all just right off the hop, right? It's all going to change. A year from now, we're going to be talking about something completely different. No, but mm. it, I, I, and I don't, I don't but, disagree with. Again, I don't think it's all flawed. What I'm getting at is the the whole the the usage, the impairment side of it, right? Like yeah. right. these these people have no fucking clue. Like, okay, so I've I have consumed probably about 800 milligrams of THC today, edibles. I've Holy probably shit. smoked four grams of weed, and like that, that's what I do on a daily basis, For right? Reals? I'm not trying to be like blah blah blah, but no, it's <laughs> giving you a hard time. Dude, it's built up, man. It's what I yeah. Consume. It's your tolerance. It's but your threshold I'm not window. Is high. Yeah. In yeah. any way, like, uh, am I a little beyondy and tired? Yeah. Yeah. Have I had a couple stupid little outbursts or little brain farts? <laughs> Who cares, man? Like, Perhaps. But, I mean, I'm not impaired, yeah. right? Like, I played baseball like this, a shortstop, get MVPs. Yeah, but you and, miss you know the freaking mean? ball every time. No, I don't, <laughs> No, I don't. This is what I'm saying, though. Like, people that use it regularly are functional. People that use it regu- regularly, if they're off it, are more likely to be distracted. Yeah. Uh, um, we know about uh, that, though. That's- irritable. Blah blah blah. So it's, it's more of a it's more of a it's more of a hazard to have somebody that's medically using it all the time not use it. Yeah. Right, right. Really, it's it, um, as a, as a user, I know that for so a fact. We've kept uh, Cody and Pam here long time now, so I just we should probably start wrapping it. Um, do you, you guys have any? You, you should have a long time ago. Do you guys have any final? <laughs> well, we like to let you ramble on a bit. I edit a lot of the ends of these podcasts. Do you think you guys? Sorry, do you, one last thing. Yeah. Do you do you guys think you guys are going to come out ahead in this situation? Are, are you going to going to profit? Do you think your your business I, I, is going to flourish more because of it in some way? Or are in, you gonna... in some ways, I think it might because it's not like these two substances are exclusive from one another. I think they're very complementary. Huge. And they are, yeah. 
within moderation. Like, to the average, to the average. Right? Well, to yeah. the average. To, yeah, man. I mean, like, I, I had to Sorry. quit drinking because I was yeah. an idiot, right? But, yeah. I mean, when I drank, I enjoyed drinking beer. <laughs> like, a beer in a joint was awesome. Yeah. Like, my mouth is oh, watering yeah. even talking about it right now. No, I was going to say, like, right now as it stands, maybe we'll talk a year from now and see what happens. But I think it's just going to be even across the board. Like, yeah. I really don't see this as, like, opening the floodgates. All of a sudden, every mm. other dog is going out and buying joints instead of, like, a bottle of wine or beer or anything else. Like, I, I, I think it's I'm just going to be added to their routine. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. going to be one more stop. The I, liquor store and... The dispensary. That's yeah. It. yeah, that's exactly it. It's gonna be, honey, who's going to the dispensary? Who's going to the liquor store? That's like, how it's yeah. gonna. That's how it's gonna be. I don't care who you are. You you know someone where you can like text them and just be like, hey, can you get me a bag of weed? Like that exists right now already. So the option is already there. Yeah, really. This is just gonna make it more convenient. Yeah, that, well, that's that's the only thing that'll change. Parties now in my place, right? I don't drink. My neighbor doesn't drink. We have parties. My wife's got the Margaritaville going. I got the Dabrick going. You know what I mean? Like it's it's <laughs> it's the way it's going, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It's it's good time all around. All right. So how do we find you guys online, or how do we find your beer? Should someone want to try it? So in Airdrie, we're actually in about 95% of all liquor stores in Airdrie, so nice. you should be able to find us. Like Co-op, Sobeys, Thumbprint, you can absolutely find... Titan. Oh, Big Star, if we want to just start <laughs> rambling Islander. on. Yeah. We, so 95%, so you're in about 67 liquor stores? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> almost all of them. There's literally like three that we're not in. <laughs> so odds are you can find us. Or you can come to the brewery. Yeah. Come to the brewery. We're open uh, third Wednesdays through let's Sunday. Not let's not commit to hours. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was a little loud. Steering the clip there. You know, uh, check us out on Instagram at Fitz Brewing, F-I-T-Z Brewing, or Twitter at Fitz Brewing, F-I-T-Z Brewing, or Facebook at Fitz Brewing, F-I-T-Z Brewing. <laughs> yeah, we were able to lock those down pretty early. Nice. So. Social media streams yeah. hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. Quite active on social. You guys? We yep. try yeah, to be. You are, yeah. It's good, though. You have to be nowadays. Right? Can your yep. beer be acquired outside of Airdrie, throughout Alberta, across Canada, that sort of thing? Uh, when does this come out? Um, uh, next week. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> our, our, our next big push is to make it into something called Connect. That's uh, Alberta's distribution system for alcohol. So basically, we send them beer, and they send it to any liquor store that wants it. Sweet. So. Yeah, in the future, I mean, there's uh, a couple places in Red Deer, if I can give some shout-outs to JJ's Diner, uh, Craft Beer Nation, uh, Bose, as well as Edmonton, that we're at the Common uh, oh, uh, Beer Revolution. Sherbrooke Liquor. Oh, and the Arcadia. Arcadia picks up arcades every once in a while, but uh, hopefully in about a couple weeks, we'll be pretty much everywhere that you can find liquor. Good liquor. Another local spot first and vine as well I, oh I yeah. yes there as well. we're on tap there one yeah. of the best restaurants here in airdrie yeah well, one lie, oh, uh, and um i've had your source oh yeah source yeah yeah oh and That's a good, uh, good spot oh uh, um if by chance you're listening to this and you're in lacombe <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, even even if you're not in Lacombe, go out of your way. Uh, Cilantro and Chive, they have pretty much every craft beer in Alberta. Nice. Uh, either on tap or in cans. That place is amazing. It's definitely it's definitely worth, like, if you're on the QE2, 
go out of your way to go there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it's worth it. 100%. We will. Cool. Well, uh, I guess we want to say thank you to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I love sitting down with us and talking to us about this. Super cool. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming in. I'm sorry for being yeah. a pest to make this happen, but no, no, no. we're glad it like finally worked for a while. No, it had to happen. <laughs> Let's cool. just point out that it's 11:30 right now at night, and uh, we're still brewing beer. So I better get back to it. Right on. Right on. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Thanks All so right. Much. Thanks so much. Well, that wraps up episode nine of Canacast Canada. If you want to reach out to the boys, catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Canacast Canada. And hang tight because the next podcast is just around the corner. See ya.